Welcome to the Let's Think Show with Shepard, the Voluntarist. That's me. On the line, I have a young lady from Wyoming. She is a political type, is how I first heard about her. Uh, my good friend, Charles Curley, who is a, uh, a libertarian, that's with a small L, activist from way back. I got to know him through the uh, Ron Paul years. And in the last year or so, he said, hey, there's a shining light in Wyoming. There is hope for Wyoming. And her name is Bethany. Bethany, thank you for being on the air with me today. <laughs> thank you so much. That's, that's a great story. And I, also, Charles got a hold of me about you as well. And he is a great activist for the cause. He is. You know, it's funny about Charles. I, I got to know him you know, 12, 13 years ago. And uh, then I was reading this book by my true, one of my top one or two or three heroes in life, Carl Watner, uh, kind of my mentor. And I bought one, his book, I Must Speak Out, volume one. And as I'm looking through the uh, the uh, acknowledgments or whatever, I couldn't believe, I see Charles Curley. And Charles Curley used to have an article, a weekly or monthly column uh, that he wrote within the Voluntarist Newsletter. And I'm like, wow, what a small world. This is great. So Bethany and I have been friends on Facebook for a year or six or nine or 12 months or whatever. And occasionally we'll go back and forth. You are active in which of the political parties? Um, I am a libertarian. And what so, was your latest, you, you ran for office, I understand, recently? Yeah, so I ran, I ran for state house. I ran for state house, District 55, which is um, pretty much Riverton, in 2018 against a 20-year incumbent. And I lost by, I won for 45 minutes. And then ultimately in the uh, absentee ballots, I lost by 53 votes. And so I ran again this year and my opponent was the, and she still is the current um, prosecuting attorney for Fremont County. And um, I lost by 32 votes, I believe. So I've run, run two very, very close races in a world where I'm constantly told that I have to be a Republican to win. But I call both of these races a toss-up because it could have gone the other way just as easily as it went the way that it did. Right, right. And as you know, I'm not interested in in politics or Republicans or Democrats or anything. But I think what you're saying is so uh, so many people go for that. Like I, the the guy that's the governor in Wyoming, Mark uh, Gordon uh, from the Federal Reserve that used to work for the Federal Reserve, he ran as a Republican. And so you, you look at a person's policies and you start laughing. You're like, you ran as a Republican? But it really, yeah. truly, uh, there I think a lot of people do say, hey, I'm going to be in politics in Wyoming, so I have to be a Republican unless I'm in Sweetwater County or Teton County. Uh, if I'm anywhere else, or I, mean, I guess Laramie, me, uh, the, the college town. But anywhere other than that, you kind of, uh, the conventional wisdom is you have to be a Republican. Which ironically enough, um, this one of the Sweetwater County Democrats that was in for, I believe, the last 14 years, he actually lost against the Libertarian. Oh, and, wow, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard about that. Yep. So I think the big thing here, and I don't know if it will be when 
um, certain people start stepping out. But I think that especially the millennials and lower don't have any interest in party politics. And I think that we're going to see that it has less impact in general because I believe that our generation is trying to find out what's the best for people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the world. And of course, mm-hmm. my hope is that uh, within a few weeks or a few months or a few years or a few decades or scores or centuries or millennia, <laughs> nobody will be voting <laughs> because we will all think that the idea of yeah. government is so ridiculous. But yeah, but we have to tear it apart somehow, right? <laughs> okay. Well, that is what we're here to hash out. So Bethany and I were just uh, on Facebook and I, I forget what post I made. Then she made a post and then, and then we got onto Facebook Messenger, and she said something that I thought was uh, kind of interesting about how some rich folks support taxes uh, for, for some reason. Will you kind of get uh, repeat what you were generally uh, talking about and thinking at that time? Well, one of the biggest things for me that confuses me about taxes, and especially when you have these large populations of people that have a lot of money and influence, why are they so socialist? Why do they think the government should do everything? And so I've done a lot of critical thinking on this. And one day I stumbled upon this idea that it has to do with guilt. Um, I believe that people who, I think it's easier for people to look at the government to fix our problems, to fix our roads, to um, fund our libraries, to fund our schools, and not have to actually do it themselves, that um, that it's the guilt within the individual that allows people to think taxes are okay. Interesting. And, and so this guilt, it sounds to me, and well, I was going to say I don't want to, but since I'm going to do it, I guess I do want to. I want to put words in your mouth, Bethany. Are you basically saying, uh, by the way, folks, for those of you interested in propaganda, if anybody ever says to you, so you're basically saying, you know, they're trying to pull one over on you. So uh, I'm going to violate. <laughs> I, am wearing, I am wearing a um, Make Orwell Fiction Again shirt today. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's the only thing that's gotten me through the pandemic is this shirt. I need to get a new one because it's kind of wearing out. <laughs> well, hopefully the the whole uh, response to the uh, alleged pandemic will wear out before your shirt does. That's dreamy talk, but I hope that happens. Uh, so at the risk of putting words in your mouth, you're, be- you're, you're talking about guilt. Doesn't that sound like a collectivist mindset? This idea that, that like, why would I feel guilty about somebody a mile away or a hundred miles away, not having a road or a library or a uh, government indoctrination camp for their child? Why would I feel guilty about not participating in that? Why would I feel anything about anything that I'm not buying voluntarily? So I, I, I think that that is probably somewhat of what I'm saying in, um, a little bit simpler terms because I don't think people think beyond what they're actually saying. My dad was a dairyman when I was first born. And I've often thought that if my dad, when he was a dairyman, had heard about a single woman with a child not having enough milk in their house, that he would have given them the milk or volunteered to help them out with that instead of having to do it through his taxes. And I do think that there's a part of if we were taking care of each other in a small community rather than as an entire country, 
doing something in California is going to be the same thing that we need in Wyoming, that um, we have kind of, as a nation and a society, have moved into that collectivist thinking. Yes, I I think that that has indeed happened. And it's it's so unfortunate because it occurs to me that you have children, I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, I have three. So you have children. I had children uh, that were of school age. Uh, and when I say school age, for those of you listening, and I hope most of you have read some John Taylor Gatto, uh, I, what I really mean is of the ages of six years old to 12 or 13 years old, or whenever a person ought to start getting out and doing productive things. Um, so you have a couple kiddos, and I, why should I pay for a single penny of anything for your kiddos, including education? Do you think I should have to pay for them? And why should I pay for what California says my kiddos should learn when I think that my kids should possibly learn something else? So I think that the idea is not just why should you pay for my kids, but why should I pay for something else that somebody else says my kids should have rather than what I think my kids should have? Isn't that the truth? You know, I I have a lot of friends and acquaintances of various political persuasions. And it seems like it, the whole idea of, of sales theft and, and annual income theft and, and when people die, they have money stolen from them all to go toward things. But, but I especially think about this for income theft is why should we pay for something that we are against? So if somebody doesn't like the idea of killing brown people in order to get better prices on oil so that we're not having to spend the high prices that people in Colorado demand to have people drill on their land, let's go kill some brown people and get better deals on oil. So the liberals would say, the people that generally say they're liberals, they would say, that's wrong. I don't like my tax money spent that way. And then the stereotypical conservative would say, well, I don't like, I don't like babies sucked out of women's stomachs. And, and, you know, if it still happens, that's cool, but, or, well, it's not cool, but um, I I just, I I don't want my dollars paying for that. And then that goes to your thing about if kids are going to be taught, do you want somebody else telling them how to be taught? It sounds like a free market might be a good solution to this whole issue. You know, and it's interesting because even I've been looking at all of these things that people come after libertarians for, because my last race, there was more microscopic look on the libertarian platform than in my previous one. Um, And there's a lot of these things like the highways that are we holding ourselves back by not having free market, by having the government continue on the same perpetual path of fixing the highways with cement or asphalt, maybe there's a better product out there that had free market been able to reign, had the interstate system never been put in place. I'm not saying it's bad, like it's a phenomenal resource for us, but maybe we would be doing something different now. We don't know because that's not the path that we were put on. That is brilliant. I I agree. It, It just... It, it makes me pause and really think. Uh, Ernest Hancock uh, from Arizona has a radio show there, and he talks about this. And he, he kind of was saying what you were saying uh, years ago at a convention, and it, it just struck me. You know, 
would we still have cars? I mean, why have the friction? Why wouldn't we have hovercraft with blah, 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 blah? Well, if you didn't have to get through the transportation security administration of blah, 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 and you could just do it. And then you come up with something. You say, hey, Shepard, by the way, this thing might explode and burn you to death. It's up to you if you want to try it or not. You cool with that? You're like, well, yeah, it looks pretty neat. I'll give it a try. Look at the people who are willing to go to space. (laughs) Yes, yes. Let's just kind of let it all happen. 